on this episode of the Blue Bloods, uh, as to not break the fourth wall, we are here on Black Friday. That's right. We're in the recording studio today, putting out content just for you. We spent the holiday with our loving families, and we are officially back. There's no days off for us. We work around the clock for the best listeners in the entire world. This is part two of our rivalry, uh, our rivalry week preview episode. Um, part one came out on Wednesday, so if you missed that, make sure you go ahead and give that a listen right now. It came out on Wednesday. Uh, but for this episode, we have pick six, upset of the week, storylines. We rank our top five college football rivalries, but we take it seriously this time. I promise. We we have Brandon's Gambling Corner. That's usually where we wrap it up, but not today. We've got a special Thanksgiving segment for all you listeners who have been riding with us all season long. We snake draft our favorite Thanksgiving traditions. We wanted to give you guys a holiday-related segment, so here it is. Let's go ahead and kick this episode off. So let's go ahead and kick off this week's pick six with our first game. Well, not this week's, this episode's. We already had six games. Guys, bringing you 12 games. We know how much you loved the first episode of this podcast. So we wanted to revert back to our old ways. We have six more games, makes 12 this week. We have Virginia Tech visiting the uh, University of Virginia. So don't know where this is. Where, where is where's the is Charlottesville? Oh, that's, that's problematic. That's not good. Not great. Uh, Not a great look. We all know what happened to Charlottesville. We don't want to talk about it, but <laughs> here we go. There, there, there might be there might be another protest. Yes, yeah, you know you know what the best part about this matchup is. What's that? The winner gets the great honor of facing Clemson next week. You might want to lose this game, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Virginia or Virginia Tech, you're trying to lose this game, and if you have Bryce Perkins as your quarterback, it won't be that hard. No, it definitely won't. I mean. Given he's a, he's also their leading rusher, so I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, he still has fewer yards than John Rice Plumley. He has like half the yards that he has rushing, which is nice. That's not fair though. John John Rice Plumley is a G. I thought Bryce Perkins was too. But, you know, and I'm going to stop with the Bryce Perkins slander right now because regardless of what I said in lightning round on Wednesday. I am actually going with Virginia in this matchup. I've He's gotten, fake, guys. I'm not fake. Everyone heard it. I, I made a mistake. It happens. My mind's racing. It's in too many places at once. I've got to go with Virginia. I think their team, I think it's got a better team this year. He calls it a mistake. He just wanted to win either way. He's either going to pick up a pick six win or he's going to pick up a lightning round win. I'm just hedging my, I'm hedging my bets. So. Yeah, so maybe, you know, I call him fake. Maybe he's just smarter than me. I, I don't know. This, this this could be this could be the turning point for Brandon in his life. <laughs> finally, finally get things back on track. But I actually have Virginia Tech winning this game, going to Charlottesville and coming out with a win. I think the bad karma in Charlottesville is finally going to catch up. Um, you know, I I don't really know why I have Virginia Tech winning because looking at those their stats, Virginia looks like the better team, but you know. They're both on three-game win streaks, but the difference is who they played. Um, Virginia has beaten Liberty, yeah. Georgia Tech, and Good. UNC. 
pretty good wins. Outside, you know, USC is a decent win. And then Virginia Tech has beaten Pitt, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest. And then two weeks before that, they beat UNC as well. They almost beat Notre Dame. Yeah, and they were – so the losses came – against Louisville for Virginia and Notre Dame by one point for Virginia Tech. I'm taking Virginia Tech in this game because they look better against better competition. I think Virginia, their stats are padded by weak competition. We've talked about the ACC repeatedly. I think Virginia Tech pulls it out, and they get to go, they get the great honor of going to get beat by 50 next week against Clemson and Trevor Lawrence. Over under 49 and a half, how many, how many Tiki torches do we see this weekend? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if they'll come to the games. Are they? I think they're still allowed. I think they. I, don't I, think, know. Tiki, I think like Lowe's and Home Depot just stopped selling tiki torches after that. I don't know. They probably should have. Yeah, Virginia Tech's a two and a half point favorite, though. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that, but I. I picked the dog. You know me. I like to ride with underdogs. Brandon did not know who they were. <laughs> <laughs> My spreads won't pull up for some reason. Uh, so that's that's where we're at. Anyway, but I mean. I just think that – I mean, this Virginia Tech team has looked more consistent. They have not allowed a point in two weeks. They beat Georgia Tech 45 nothing and Pitt 28 nothing. Yeah, and Hinton Hooker, I mean, good quarterback. Yes. And he, he hasn't even been playing most of the year. He's already got he's already got over 1,100 yards passing. No interceptions, by the way. Fire. Uh, 10 touchdowns. Uh, I mean, he already almost has as many touchdowns as Bryce Perkins does passing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think he's the X factor. I think, I, I think he is the reason Virginia Tech wins, and I think Bryce Perkins makes enough mistakes to keep Virginia Tech in the game. And I mean, I, I'm sure we all agree here that you know Scott Stadium in Charlottesville is not the home field advantage everyone would would think it is. You'd be surprised, Zach. Yeah, you'd be surprised. 11 a.m. in Charlottesville, bro. It's scary. Oh, it's scary. On, on the day after Thanksgiving, this game is is tonight. Just, just people drinking milk in the stands, lighting up, lighting up tiki torches. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we we disagree on that one. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. This is a game that's on Saturday. I think the rest of them are on Saturday. So uh, we've got games for Saturday here on out, guys. Tomorrow. So uh, our next matchup is going to be Texas A&M visiting the number one ranked LSU Tigers. LSU looks like an amazing team. I don't see a way that they drop this game. And by the way, I wanted to mention something. I know I mentioned it before on a different episode. LSU's defense is allowing 23 points a game. Yeah. We're going to talk about how terrible their defense is. I don't agree that they're great, but they're only allowing 23 points a game. Texas a was only allowing 20. 362 points a game. Or, no. Yes. <laughs> God. God. 362 God. points a game? That would be insane. No, 362 yards a game on defense. Not great. Not as bad as it could be. Okay. Y'all's last three games, y'all placed Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Alabama. Okay. Y'all allowed 20, 37, and 41 points. Garbage time. Well, Alabama, come on. Let's see how many points Auburn lists up against Alabama. Not that many. Well, they also aren't playing against Tua. All I'm saying, they won't let that happen. <laughs> Auburn has a better defense. It's not. I'm not going to sit here and argue that. But – uh, this game's I, – I, I, I don't want to talk about this game. I think LSU wins. That's all I'm going to say about it. Let's knock on some wood. Zach, you can give your analysis. I think LSU also wins. If this game was in, you know, in College, College Station, College Station, I might go with upset. 
I think LSU at home, Tiger Stadium, 6 p.m. is going to be a ruckus environment. Vocab word of the day, ruckus. It is going to be a ruckus environment, guys. I think Joe Burrow is going to light this secondary up. They're already allowing about 200 yards per game through the air. Joe Burrow goes for four. I, I mean, Joe Burrow has over 4,000 yards passing, 41 touchdowns, and only six INTs. Fun stat, Kellen Mond only has six interceptions as well. But he has less than half the touchdown passes that Joe Burrow does. And he, he's thrown one more pass than Joe Burrow, too. He has 370 oh, attempts. Yeah, Joe Burrow is only uh, – I mean, he has – he has almost 80 incomplete passes. He has 78 on the season. Pretty good. Yeah. And, okay, so the real X factor, in my opinion, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He is a stud. He's the man. I think he actually might be the best running back in the SEC. I, yeah, maybe. I mean, who, who are you putting above him? Uh, well. Maybe Colin Hill? Maybe Colin Hill. But and then Najee Harris, maybe Najee Harris. I was gonna say Najee Harris, but not really. Not really. Uh, he, I mean, he looked great against LSU, but oh, uh, John Rice Pumley, great. It's a quarterback, great running back, quarterback, good running back. Yeah, but I have LSU. I actually LSU is a seventeen point favorite. I do think they cover. I think they win by twenty to thirty. I think they pull away late. I think Texas a will put up some points, but I don't think they have the defense to hold this LSU offense down in Tiger Stadium. All we can really hope for in this one is that uh, we don't go to seven overtimes again. I hope that. I hope we go to nine. That's fine, as long as LSU wins. Yeah. So, LSU will be looking for revenge after they got robbed in the seven overtime game. So, I have LSU by 20, 30 points. They cover – this game might not be close in the second half, so I think LSU pulls it out. Yeah, LSU, how many points do you think they're averaging without looking? Like, if you if, if you didn't look, how many points? 53. 48 and a half. That's okay. insane. <laughs> you're averaging almost 50 points. When y'all went to the national championship in 11, I think y'all averaging like 10 points a game. I know. Y'all are trash. Their defense is averaging like zero points a game. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, I mean, LSU's offense is averaging like what uh, – what Virginia's basketball team is averaging per game. It's like 50 points a game, whatever, like 45, yep. whatever. That's insane. Anyway, so let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. We have Oklahoma, number nine Oklahoma, visiting number 21 Oklahoma State on Saturday as well. Um, In Boone's Pickens Stadium. Oklahoma is a 12-point favorite. This game's called like Bedlam or Bedlam yeah. or however you want to pronounce it. Uh, I, we, we should have had uh, – Chris Plank on to, to ask him about the pronunciation again. Yeah. But um, uh, I've got two words, and those two words are Jalen Hurts. So And injuries, that could be a word. I've got two more words, Spencer Sanders, gone. Out. <laughs> so, and Tylen Wallace, out. Really? Yes, he's I know out for the year. Uh, okay, well, you know what that means. I thought that was going to be a good thing that Spencer Sanders was out. Um, but now Tylen Wallace may be one of the best wide receivers in the nation. That's gonna be that would have been that would have been a matchup to watch too. CD Lamb, Tyler Wallace. Yeah, he tore his ACL. Oh shoot! Wonder how his draft stock's gonna be affected. Anyway, shout out Ice Cream Man for driving by during the recording. Uh, <laughs> kind of creepy, but we're gonna roll with it. It's fun. It's fun. But yeah, I mean, I I want. Okay, so if it, these teams were completely healthy, I would have picked Oklahoma State. Wow. They are not beating Oklahoma without their starting quarterback in 
their top wide receiver and probably the best wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers in the country. Right. I don't think Chuba Hubbard can do it all by himself. I think Jalen Hurts makes enough plays. This Oklahoma State defense is not great. And so I think Oklahoma puts up a lot of points. I actually don't know if they cover, though. Even with all the injuries, I feel like this game, I feel like Oklahoma State and this stadium is going to be rocking. They're going to be motivated. I think this is a close game for most of the game. I have Oklahoma by 10, so they do not cover in this scenario. What's the spread again? 12. 12. I'm, all, I'm going to agree with Zach for once. Uh, I also think it's Oklahoma by 10. And I think that Oklahoma State actually ends up leading this game somehow uh, at first. Maybe they're winning at halftime, whatever. Oklahoma comes back, wins this game late, uh, and they, they just play it on them at the end. They have to stop Chuba Hubbard, though. Chuba Hubbard cannot get over they 150. Won't be able to. They won't be able to. And same for Oklahoma, man. If you, let J- if you can hold Jalen Hurts' legs – and check if you can just keep him in the pocket. I don't know if he can beat you. So, those are the two keys for each of these games. But I think Oklahoma has too much talent. Injuries have decimated this Oklahoma State team. I have Oklahoma by ten, guys. Yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to stop Chuba Hubbard to um, to hold him under one hundred and fifty because he's averaging over one hundred and fifty a game, mm-hmm. and now he's playing against this Oklahoma defense who. Not great. Not yeah, not great to say the least. Um, anyway, we'll we'll see what he does. He's going to be if Oklahoma State wins, it's going to be on his back. I mean, it, it has to be. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. We've got number twelve Wisconsin playing number or visiting number ten Minnesota. The Golden Gophers strike again. Didn't realize this was like a big rivalry game until I was doing research for this game. Don't know how. I guess I just Minnesota's never really been on my radar until this year. Um, and, and what's the spread on this one? Um, it is Wisconsin two and a half. Two and a half. So, yeah, I, I think that's good. I think I really do think that Wisconsin wins this game by a field goal or a touchdown. Uh, I think they cover that spread. I have Minnesota by a hundred. A hundred. That Minnesota is going to beat this team by double digits. Why? But because Tanner Morgan playing at home is going to make all the plays. This Minnesota team is going is going for the conference championship, bro. Okay, I mean – And they are going to smack them. So, Wisconsin makes the conference championship if they beat – Yes. Wow. This is cool. for the Big Ten uh, – well, I don't even know which conference they're in. Big, are they the Big Ten West? Yeah. yeah. So, this is for the Big Ten West, guys. <laughs> Little – a little pause in our minds there for a second. I do it all the time. I can't blame them. Um, yeah, but, I mean, Tanner Morgan is plays different at home. Rodney Smith, running back out of Georgia, he's put up over 1,000 yards this year. I think he's going to go off. I think they're going to be able to hold Jonathan Taylor in check. I don't know because their defense is not very good. Their defense is only giving up 300 yards per game. They're allowing 21 points a game. Oh, my goodness. To put that in perspective, Oklahoma's defense is letting up 25 points a game. It's kind of close. So, we're going to find out. I think Jonathan Taylor is by far the best running back in this matchup. And I think that Tanner Morgan's by far the best quarterback in this matchup. Um, it's going to come down to defensive play, I think. Or it's going to come down to mistakes, like Jack Cohen dropping the ball several times again. Um <laughs> But I guess we'll find out. I think Wisconsin has this game in the bag. I still think that Wisconsin has a chance to beat Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State beats Wisconsin twice in a season, or at least I would have sure. said that five weeks ago. I don't know about they, now. They beat them 38-7. to seven. I would have said that five weeks ago. 
now I've got I've got different views. I get on rolls sometimes, guys, and I need to apologize for that. Um, I'm very I'm very strong in my takes. I think Minnesota has a better chance of beating Ohio State than Wisconsin. They haven't played Ohio State yet this year, huh? Doesn't matter, dude. No, no, that's what I'm just saying. I'm just no, they haven't. Not. But like Jack Cohen is a game manager, and Tanner Morgan is a playmaker. He's ugly too. I, I don't give. I don't care. It's not <laughs> Tinder. We're not sponsored by Tinder. Swipe, dude. I think this Minnesota team is well-balanced. If this game was in Wisconsin, I might have a different opinion. But I, I just – I think the game being in Minnesota, being in TCF Bank Stadium, Tanner Morgan and this Minnesota team is going to come out firing. P.J. Fleck is going to have this team on point. They're going to make enough plays. I have Minnesota by 14 points. All right, we'll find out. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, let's go ahead and go on to our next matchup. We're getting the big games now, guys. We have number two Ohio State visiting number thirteen Michigan in the Big House at eleven a.m. Shout out to the Big Ten. Thanks Fox, for all I you am do. so over you. Hey, you're dead to me, Fox. You and CBS. I just ABC. You have my heart. Um, anyway, so we've got Ohio State, Michigan. What's the spread on this? Um, Ohio State eight and a half. See, that's not as high as I thought it would be. I thought this was going to be a double-digit spread. Why would why would Penn – I guess because it's a rivalry game. but Penn State And was, it's at the big house. At the big house, yeah. Fair. I, uh, I just don't see a way Michigan wins this game. I don't see a way that Michigan covers the spread. Eight and a half? Michigan's defense is pretty good, though. You think they're going to keep it within a touchdown, really? I don't, I don't think so, but I can see a way they could. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Yeah, fair. I mean, the thing that's holding Michigan back is Shea Patterson. I do not trust Shea Patterson against Chase Young in this defense. No, you, you can't. This defense is the best in the country, I think, by far. They're only allowing 217 yards per game. Ten points a game. That's insane. They're, and their offense is averaging more than the LSU. Wow, 49.4 points a game. That's insane, right? So, this, this – this. Guys, do y'all want – okay, Brandon, have you looked at Ohio State's schedule? It's not. Okay, don't look at it. Okay. Out of their schedule, which two teams do you think – they've allowed two teams to score 20 points. Who are they? I know it was Cincinnati, right? It was the first week. They Who beat played week one? Who are they played week one? Who Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic, that's it. I knew that. They scored 21. They shut out Cincinnati. Okay, that's not great. Uh, and Rutgers. Rutgers, because Chase Young wasn't there. Oh, yikes. Rutgers and Florida Atlantic are the only two teams to score 21 points. You have to wonder how. When they their biggest matchups of the year have been Cincinnati, they shut them out. They played Nebraska for game day, seven points. Yeah. A ranked Michigan State team, ten points. Wisconsin, seven. Penn State, seventeen. This team gets up for big games, and I don't see how they're going to let Shea Patterson and this average Michigan offense score enough. I do want to go back on what I just said, though. I don't know if Ohio State covers the spread. This really might be a close game. And I say that because Justin Fields Justin Fields is shaken up after this Penn State game. I mean, he was getting – I mean, you watched it. You, every single – I mean, it was like every other play, he was getting nailed in the backfield. But he had a great game. Like, a great game, but, I mean, that doesn't mean that he's not playing hurt this week. He's not. You he's don't think so? No. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens when he limps onto the field at 11 a.m. <laughs> Dude, Justin Fields with one arm could outplay Shea Patterson. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with that. And then look, and then you know who cares if Justin Fields out? Then you got J.K. Dobbins. How are you gonna stop him? Uh, you, you can't. 
I just – so here's how I feel. I think the defenses are going to be great. I just think Ohio State's offense is elite. I think Michigan's is average, and that's going to be the difference in this game. Fair enough. I mean, do you think that – so you still think that Michigan covers? No, Ohio, Ohio State by 14. Oh, so you're just going to call me out for no reason? Yeah. That's okay, like, well, that made no sense. Well, We aren't really friends, bro. i got to call you out. No, I get that. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like you either, so that's fine. I just I, – I mean, can you name a real playmaker on Michigan's team? No. Okay. <laughs> Fair. There you go. Jim Harbaugh. When he puts on the helmet and shoulder pads. Maybe. Yeah. You know what he's good at? Booking travel for his team on Travelocity. He's good at it. Yeah, there you go. Okay, he's going to be wearing khakis. He's good okay, at it. so what – okay, Michigan's 9-2, and two, right? Yeah. If they get beat like 28 nothing, 35 nothing, is he gone? Uh, they're not going to fire him. They're not going to fire him regardless. What if he goes to the bowl game and plays a team like – Big Ten SEC has a lot of games. What if he plays against Florida or Auburn and gets smacked again? They get shut out there. So they finish nine and four with two shutouts or two blowouts in the season against I'm Ohio State and SEC team. I still don't know that they fire him. Like I, I think I, they force him out out the yeah, back I mean, door. Yeah, they can definitely. Okay, if he loses that bowl game, they're going to very the boosters will be like, "Hey, we're not going to fire you because you're Jim Harbaugh." but there is an opening at the New York Giants or there's an opening for the Cleveland Browns or there's an opening in Atlanta. So maybe you should go coach in the NFL again because you went to a Super Bowl. Who do they hire to replace them, though? Um, Lane Kiffin. Oh, goodness. Lane Kiffin. Or, oh, this is a fun segment. Uh, coaches that could possibly replace Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. I already said Lane Kiffin. What if they hire his brother? Joe Willie Taggart. Oh, God. Dude, they just get John Harbaugh from the Ravens. Ooh, Jay Gruden. Yeah. Jay Gruden, he, he's out of a job. True. Maybe just switch jobs. Like, maybe uh, maybe Dan Snyder goes to Michigan and he goes to Atlanta. Wow. Yeah. It could be. I know what I bet they'll do. They'll just hire another saving assistant and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that could, be, that could be a lot. Of, Jeremy Pruitt. There you go. I don't know if he'll leave Tennessee, though. Uh, he should. I would leave Tennessee if you gave me a job in Michigan. I would leave Tennessee if you gave me a job at Outback. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Ohio State's going to win this game probably by 1,000 points. Uh, and with our last matchup of this pick six or pick 12 or whatever you want to call it this week, we have the Iron Bowl. We have number five Alabama visiting number 15 Auburn, who eight and three, not great, Zach, could be eight and four after this week. Mm. What, what do you have to do after if they lose this game? Oh, I, don't, I don't know, bro. I have to drive all the way back to Kansas after this game. Like on Saturday? <sighs> no, like just the next day. Sunday? Okay. Trash, that though. If <laughs> you had to get up from this game and just leave. I mean, to be fair, Auburn has lost three games to three top ten teams. All on the, no, I know. All on the road except for Georgia. They lost They, they lost to Georgia at home. But Georgia's really good. Um, and they all lost by single digits. Yeah. Fire. Um, or no, Florida was 11, but they scored with like a minute left. That's different. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, how big do you think the loss of two is going to be uh, to go into Jordan hair? Matt Jones has started against Western Carolina and Arkansas <laughs> at home. People forget that, uh, Alabama, this is well, this past week against Western Carolina is the first time they've beaten a team by more than 60 in the saving era. So people, I mean, uh, people forget. Uh, so maybe, I don't know. Looks like he can score some points, Zach. I don't know, man. I mean, Jordan Hare is going to be lit. 
on Saturday. If it were just Zach alone in the stadium, it would already be lit. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be – it's going to be – how many – how many uh, – 87,000. 87? Jeez. Yeah. It's going to be packed. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it, – who – so, what do you think Mac Jones has to do to win this game, honestly? Like, what does he have to do? Mac Jones needs to pass for probably three touchdowns, 400 yards. Mm. Maybe four touchdowns. I think I think Mac Jones is good, but we saw what this defensive line did to Joe Burrow. That's what I'm saying. I think that the only way the only way that Alabama beats Auburn this weekend is if if they can score more than more than thirty on them, because this Auburn offense, some I mean they're not bad. By any means, we're not going to sit here and act like they're awful. But their defense is incredible, uh, and Alabama just has to score points on them because I don't think that Auburn keep, uh, can keep up with their offense. Yeah, Agreed. I mean, I think the first team to 21 wins. Yeah, I can definitely see it. And I think Najee Harris has to have a big game. Right. I mean, if he gets shut down and this game's all on Mac Jones and those and Marlon Davidson, Derek Brown, and Nick Coe can pin their ears back, this could get ugly. Right, right. It, it definitely could. Um, and with all that said, I'm going to take Alabama in this matchup. Uh, I think that they've got something to prove. They they need to show that they can win without Tua in their backfield. Uh, and they and this is their last chance. If they lose this game, I mean, goodbye playoffs. Mm-hmm. But if they win this game, they they honestly might almost be automatic in the playoffs. Yeah. Especially uh, after the Oregon loss last week. Yeah. I mean, they're going to stay five this week. I mean, well, it's Friday now, but uh, we, we didn't watch the playoff. Let's go with that. We didn't watch the uh, college football playoff rankings this week. Uh, we'll talk about it later this week. But anyway, or, oh, shoot, I'm getting lost in the time zone. What's going on? Uh, we will have talked about the playoff rankings yesterday. So go, go listen to that episode, little mini so that we had. But – as of right now, I'm going to predict that they're still number five in the nation. Um, I don't know. I think I think Jordan Hare is too much for Mac Jones. I think Auburn pulls out a seven point win, late touchdown. I think I don't think Alabama's going to be able to run the ball consistently. I think this Auburn team is going to be motivated. They're out of the playoff race. The only consolation prize for the season is to ruin Alabama's playoff hopes. <clears throat> Yeah, I think that happens. I think Bo Nix makes enough plays. I think they get the running game going. I think this Auburn defensive line forces a few turnovers, and Auburn wins this game by seven. All right. I mean, I can see it. Um, I'm still going to ride with Alabama as much as that. That, like, burned my throat coming out. <laughs> I, I hate to say that I'm going with Alabama. What are they, four-point favorites? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, if they win, they cover that. So, uh, I don't know. We we all have to hope that it's another year where Auburn goes into – or, well, Auburn goes into this game and upsets Alabama. That's really all we need to watch. Anyway, so that is our second pick six this week. We only do this because we love you guys. No days off. Everyone knows the deal. So we're going to move on from pick six and straight into our second upset of the week. And I'll start this one out. My upset of the week is going to be Southern Miss – plus eight and a half against FAU. Uh, I believe they're playing this game in Florida. And Southern Miss just got smacked by Western Kentucky this past weekend. I think they're going to bounce back. 
They've got something to prove. Uh, I, I mean, they've they've lost four games so far this season. They're seven and four. They win this game. They're eight and four, and they get into a decent bowl game. So I, I think they know that. I think that they uh, give it everything they have. Jack Abraham is dynamic with this ball. I mean, one of for the first at least half of the season, he was like in the top five, just straight passing uh, percentage, uh, passer rating in the whole country. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to showcase that. Uh, he seriously might have a chance to throw for over 400 yards this weekend, and I think they upset FAU. Love it. So, mine, my upset of the week is Duke over Miami. All right. We all know what happened to Miami. Brandon, what happened? Oh, what happened to Miami, Brandon? Uh, Miami uh, got smacked this past weekend. Yeah. By they got FIU? Beat FIU 30 to 24, guys. I think Miami has lost their motivation. I, I, I don't see a way they win this game. I think Quentin Harris goes off. I think Duke comes in with nothing to lose. They just want to beat Miami. They want to end their season on a good note. Duke has lost five straight games. They will not make it six. Duke upsets Miami. Go make y'all's money. Are either of these teams uh, bowl eligible? Miami is. They're, they're bowl eligible? Six and five. Is, so if Duke wins this game, or, no, no they, they they're five and seven. So they've got nothing to prove. Okay, well. You heard Zach say it. I agree with that pick. I think that Duke ends up smacking Miami. Because Miami, we never know what to expect from them. So, uh, let's just expect the worst, I guess. And so, let's move on to our next segment. We've got storyline of the week. Our third storyline of the week. Bonus. <laughs> Between recording, Zach found another storyline. So, we've only got one. But, Zach, go ahead and kick it off, and I'm going to follow your lead. Okay. So, um it, it came out that Willie Taggart and FIU and FSU, Florida State University, never had a formal contract. Yikes. Okay, so I didn't even know that. This is the first time I'm hearing this storyline. No, wait, they didn't have a formal contract? No. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> There's, like, no documents, like, signed. So what you're telling me is that he just, like, showed up in Tallahassee and started coaching this team, and, like, they had no obligation to even pay him? <sighs> He had like no obligation to be there. He just basically showed up. I have dude. They had like just a, they had like some weird contract. They just like <laughs> drafted up, so they don't even have to pay up. They they technically don't have to pay out his contract. So there was another story kind of like this where Kentucky did not have a formal contract with their basketball coach Billy Gillespie, and he only got paid like. He got paid less than half of what his buyout was because of it. Yikes. So Willie Taggart could maybe not even get his buyout money. That's insane. How do you and, not – how do you mess that up so badly? And so they put in his contract that the buyout could be offset by any future <laughs> subsequent employment. That's insane. But they didn't specify that was a head coaching job. And this lawyer said that whether it was an insurance salesman or pumping gas, that because that is considered an offset of employment. That's fair. So if Willie Taggart even gets any other job in the world, Florida State could be out from paying him his buyout money. Yeah, you know what I think that means? I think that Willie Taggart needs to take the year off and just get paid for it. Because... I mean, I wouldn't work if you're going to pay me a couple million dollars to not have a job. And then in the contract, they said they could fire him for calls, but never define calls. (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) So this is going to get real messy for the Seminoles. Did did y'all expect anything less from Florida State? Because I I did not. 
I actually kind of expected like a little bit more, to be honest. Like, uh, yeah. I thought I thought maybe they would like try to get their money back from what they paid Willie Taggart. Yep. So I thought that'd be a great storyline to put in here, guys, because that just shows the dumpster fire that Florida State has become. Yes. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to our next segment, Zach. I'm gonna let you choose. Do you want to do Gambling Corner or our top five rivalries first? Let's do Gambling Corner. Guys. Gambling Corner. Let's go ahead and hit it, guys. We've never done Gambling Corner. Not at the end of an episode. We're doing it right in the middle of the show. This is an exciting holiday edition of the Blue Bloods. You know what that comes with. So, Zach, go ahead and cue up that music, and let's get this one started this week. My first pick in Gambling Corner is going to be Maryland over – or well, not over Michigan State, but they're going to cover that 21-point spread for sure. Uh, both of these teams are so bad. I don't really know who decided the spread should be 21 points, uh, but thank you, I guess. Maryland was putting up, what, like 70 points at the end of the year? Yep. I think they have a chance to cover the spread because Michigan State is not good. No. My pick, Brandon already kind of hinted at it, Southern Miss over FAU. Florida Atlantic, eight-and-a-half-point favorite Florida Atlantic is. Southern Miss is going to smack them. Get your money. Christmas is coming up. you got a lot of hoes to buy stuff for. Get them what they want. You know it, guys. My next matchup, I've got Notre Dame covering the 14-point spread against Stanford. I think that's easy money. Stanford is done for, dead to me, whatever you want to say. There is no chance this game's even close. Notre Dame by 90. So, guys, my mortal lock of the week, UCLA over Cal. UCLA is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. UCLA is going to cover that. They're going to blow it out of the water. Cal's offense Went on vacation early. UCLA can score. UCLA runs away with this game. Hold up just one second, Zach, because my mortal lock of the (laughs) decade of this season, last season, the past 10 seasons, is Cal outright over UCLA this weekend. (laughs) Sorry, Chip. You've been awful. And after this weekend, you will also be unemployed. So Cal is plus 115 on the money line. Take those odds. Run with them. Never look back. You basically rob the bank and get that Christmas money. Let's go. Wow. So that is our gambling corner this week. Wow. I didn't know Zach had those picks, so that's that was nice. That was a nice little surprise there. Um, so now, like I alluded to right before the segment, we are going to rank our top five rivalries in college football. I finally got that word down. Don't worry. Um, and so – Zach, I don't know how we're going to do this. I think we just both have to start at five and just list our fives. We, yep. We're not drafting these. We can have the same rivalries. So go ahead and kick it off for us. All right. So with my number five best rivalry in college football, I have the Red River rivalry. Great rivalry. With Texas, Oklahoma. It has – it's all. it seems to always be relevant, even if the teams suck. So that makes it a great rivalry. It's in a neutral site, even kind of better, I guess. But this rivalry is always great. This was one of my favorite growing up. So shout out to the Red River rivalry. Great rivalry. I've got it later on my list. With my number five rivalry, I, and you knew I had to throw it in here, I have the civil conflict just because of the gimmick. That's it. That's my one joke. I'm going to be serious from here on out. I just had to put it in there. (laughs) Oh, God. So for my number four rivalry, I have Florida-Miami. Okay. This is mostly due to historical significance. The last few years, not a great robbery. But, I mean, we've all seen the clips of the 80s and 90s. In the early 2000s, 
This rivalry was great. I don't even think it has a name. But these are two of the best teams in Florida because Florida State's been trash forever. So Florida-Miami is my number four rivalry. All right. And I my number four, Zach already said it, I've got the Red River rivalry. Um, great game to watch. I love this segment because we just repeat each other, but it's great. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take that one out. Just know that I wanted that one in there. With my number four, I'm going to take LSU Ole Miss. That, <laughs> listen, great historical rivalry. As an LSU fan, I had to pay homage. Everyone knew it. Um, and if we have any Ole Miss fans listening, go ahead and listen close. Does Halloween night trigger you, or does Billy Cannon trigger you more? Uh, or maybe just the thought of both of them. Maybe an 89-yard punt return on Halloween night against Ole Miss. Who knows? That's a great. That used to be a great rivalry. Maybe not anymore. But I had to put it in there. So, for number three, I have the game or the big game, whatever you want to call it, Ohio State-Michigan. Number three? Yes, number three. I think this is a great one. I think this is always relevant. Even though Ohio State's kind of dominated it for the past, like, decade, it feels like, Michigan, step your game up. This would be higher if Michigan had any sort of a chance ever. Fair. With my number three, I have got this rivalry. I don't even know if Zach had it or if it was even on his radar, but I've got USC-Notre Dame. I don't know. There was just something about this rivalry that intrigued me growing up. Uh, I grew up Catholic, so I had to root for Notre Dame. That's just like one of the bylaws in the Catholic Church. Um, and uh, I just hate USC for some reason. So this game was always a fun one. Uh, that 0 game. game. Fire. You, With Reggie Bush man. and Brady Quinn. Whew. I mean, in, insane games. Um, and it's, there's a lot of nostalgia going on right now, guys. I'm not going to deny that. But that's my number three. So for number two, my second best robbery in college football, I have the Army Navy game. Wow. Okay. We I love this game. Insane. I love it. We're we're not I don't know are, do, we, do we consider ourselves a patriotic podcast? We might have to now. But this game is so big, it is the only game that weekend. And it's after conference championship weekend. Like who gets away with that other than this great robbery? No matter how bad either team is, it's always close. We love the triple option. We get a double dose of it in this game. And it's at a neutral site NFL stadium that sells out. What is better? Let's go. Respect the troops. Everyone knows the deal. Um, with my number two, I've got the Iron Bowl. I've got Alabama, Auburn, and Zach looks confused. He looks puzzled because he knows he knows I'm right. He's wrong. I know what he's got at number one. Um, right. Great game. I've been to this game. Incredible atmosphere. Um, Zach, go ahead and defend yourself. What's your number one? The Iron Bowl. It's not a debate. Brady's wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt. His opinion does not matter. (laughs) The Iron Bowl is the greatest robbery in sports. It's not a debate. The Celtics could take a seat. The Lakers could take a seat. The Yankees could take a seat. The Red Sox could take a seat. The Iron Bowl is the only option. People die over this robbery every year. This robbery is unmatched in passion, unmatched in competition. This this robbery is the best, hands down, no debate. We don't even care about Brandon's number one, so we're moving to the next segment. <laughs> um, no, we're not. With my number one, I've got North versus South in the Senior Bowl. No, I'm just <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I've got I have got Ohio State, Michigan, of course. That Trash. is just you think about rivalry Trash. weekend. You think about that game. What else do I need to say, especially this year? Chase Young is going to show out. Justin Fields is going to show out. 
Shea batters it is not going to show out. So this is going to be a fun game to watch. Be sure to tune in. Trash. Not trash. That's so trash. <laughs> I should have stuck with the seed in the bowl. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> anyway. All right. So that's going to wrap up that segment. And we've got a special bonus segment for you guys. Like I mentioned, we have got – we are going to snake draft our favorite Thanksgiving traditions, memories, things to do, whatever you want to call it. Zach and I have got our top four listed. Five. Are we doing five? Okay, well, I'm going to think of another one real quick. Um, so we've got our top five listed, and let's go ahead and kick it off. Zach, you go first. <laughs> so at number five, my favorite Thanksgiving tradition is to ex- trying to explain what I study in grad school to family members who are not smart enough to understand. <laughs> okay. Love it. It's they're, a good thing to they're, they're like, oh, my God, can you tell me what's wrong with me? Are you So, like, you're a neuroscience major. Can you tell me why I'm depressed? No, I cannot, Grandma. You should figure that out yourself. <laughs> So that is my number five Thanksgiving tradition. Uh, with my number five Thanksgiving tradition, my fifth favorite thing to do on Thanksgiving is to watch the Cowboys get slaughtered year in and year out every single year since 1996. The Even if they win, they lose because they're still the Cowboys. When was your last ring? And so it's like 96. Yeah. And so um, with my number four, I have got – um, after Thanksgiving dinner, of course, you've got to unbutton your pants, let your belly hang out, and take a nap. That is one of my favorite things to do on Thanksgiving. Probably America's favorite thing to do. This is probably underrated on most people's lists. Probably. Yeah. So um, so for my number four, I love watching the Lions stay irrelevant year after year. Every single year. Who signed the Lions up to be on Thanksgiving? <laughs> no one cares about a Lions game and watch them get smacked year in and year out in their crappy dome. Fair. Fair enough. Trash, guys. I didn't even know they were in a dome. That's yep. not out there. The Ford. The Ford Dome. The Ford or the, dome. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Okay. So for my number three. Thanksgiving traditions. It actually began this year. It will continue year in and year out. Is driving 17 hours from Kansas to see the five family members I actually care about. It is amazing. I love driving through Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi, and Bama to come see everyone down here. I guess it gave y'all three episodes this week, but the drop is terrible, and I just wanted to vent on my platform that I created, so get over it. Okay, with my number three, um, mine's a little more lighthearted, I guess. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, My number three favorite Thanksgiving tradition is eating all the food that is present. Anything that you put in front of me, except for cranberry sauce. Get that out of here. That's trash. That should be illegal. I'm going to put that straight in the garbage. As a matter of fact, you try to give me cranberry sauce, I'm throwing it right back in your grill. That's for you now. Um, My number two, my number two favorite Thanksgiving tradition has to be making weird small talk with your family that you never talk to unless it's a holiday. I mean, like, I still love them, I think. Um, but I'm really just there for the meal. Everyone um, – no, not me. No, no. Uh, everyone else. I'm trying to make this relatable. Of course, I love my family. I, I talk to them year in, year out. Uh, I'm not like the rest of you guys. So, uh, But I know you guys can relate to this. Um, so that was my number two. So my number two is eating my body weight and food. The only thing good about divorced parents, two Thanksgivings, guys, two Thanksgivings. You get to go eat at your dad's house. Then you get to go eat at your mom's house. It's amazing. I eat so much food on Thanksgiving. 
It is a wonderful, wonderful day in the hood, (laughs) and we do it out here every day. (laughs) All right. Now, number one Thanksgiving tradition, we all can relate to this. This is what we live for, is acting like you never got certain family members' texts throughout the year, and now you have to see them. (laughs) They ask you why you didn't call them back. It's like, I swear I didn't get that call. Why didn't you text me back? Oh, it's not because I don't love you. It's because I didn't get your text. It is the most amazing small talk every year is avoiding why you didn't answer your annoying family members' calls slash texts every year. Uh, or Facebook messages. Get off of Facebook, people. Yeah, my service in Kansas isn't great. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I have the best excuse. I was like, dog, I live in a cornfield. It is, it's okay. And with my number one favorite thing that happens on Thanksgiving year in and year out, is pretending that you did not hear that one racist thing that your drunk uncle said. <laughs> That's right. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. They, we, don't, we don't know exactly what he said, but we know that we can't repeat it on this podcast. Um, but we, we had to pretend like we don't hear it. Uh, we all hear it. We've all, been, we've all been victims of that crime. Especially if you're from Southern Alabama like both of us. Yeah, especially if you're, yeah. <laughs> especially if the, uh, the Gulf of Mexico is in your backyard. Um, then you know exactly what we're talking about and that will wrap up our list we've got i mean i've got so many honorable mentions i I don't even know if we can get that far but guys this episode has been a wrap we thank you so much um you guys are the best listeners in the whole world and that's why we wanted to bring you three episodes this week so that I, I, i made the joke about quitting your job if you have to work the day after thanksgiving i i still i'm gonna stand by that but we wanted to give you contact. We wanted to give you content in case you did have to work today. Uh, give you something to listen to. Maybe make your day a little bit more enjoyable, or maybe a little bit worse. We don't really know. Uh, one of those two. I, I've been hinting at it all week, Zach. Go ahead and plug that social media. I've, I'm going to give you a platform now. Yeah. So on IG, the one and only Instagram, it is at the underscore blue bloods. Follow us on there. We post all the time. There'll be plenty of posts for you to catch up on, to look at, to like. Yeah, so follow us on there. Black, dark, whatever Twitter, indigo, Twitter you want. It doesn't matter. Any dark color, Twitter exclusive on this podcast. It is at the underscore, underscore Blue Bloods. Still working on that for you guys. We post on there all the time. Interact with us, retweet, like, whatever you want to do on there. Facebook for all our single moms out there. It is at the Blue Bloods pod. We are on there on the time. Share the post. Get the word out. We, we keep increasing in listeners. You guys are the best. Keep telling your friends, telling your side girls, telling your main girls, telling your whatever you want to call them. I don't even care. Just, you know, send it in the mail. Write a letter. Send a carrier pigeon. Let everyone know about this podcast. Shout out to you guys for that. And, you know, I hope you guys ate your body weight in Thanksgiving food yesterday and get ready for a huge weekend of college football. Yeah, we'll be back. I want to say on Monday, maybe Tuesday. We'll be back. We'll be back next week with two episodes, as usual. We're going to cover the Army-Navy game. We're going to cover conference championship, conference championship games. I take it back. Army-Navy is after the conference championship. So we are going to exclusively cover conference championships next weekend. Um, uh, we'll, we'll figure out how we're going to do that. But keep listening. Keep subscribing. Leave reviews. You know the deal. We're out.
rivalry. Rivalry. Oh, well, we, we I, can't, I can't really pronounce it. It's like you swallowed your tongue, bro. <laughs> I kind of. You kind of look like you swallowed your tongue. <laughs>